to the Sporopod, a podcast all about fungi. This episode, we're going back to the end of 2022, when Cathy and I visited the Truffle Discovery Centre in Stanthorpe. We talk with Matt from the Truffle Discovery Centre about truffle detection dogs, about education and demystifying the world of truffles, and last but not least, we got to sample some of their gorgeous truffle produce. So, please enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Sparapod. Um, we're here on, is it Genyan Country? Yeah, we think it's pronounced Genyan, Genyan Country. country. Um, we'd like to acknowledge the custodians of the country and their leaders present, past and present. We're here uh, at the Truffle Discovery Centre near Stanthorpe and we're talking with Matt um, and I, we think we're going to have a really wonderful time because there's a lot going on and it's yes, really exciting to be here. It is and Matt's our first guest on the Sporopod so we're really excited to um, introduce um, some different voices than our own. Hello Matt. Hello, thank you for visiting guys. <laughs> pleased to have you here. Yeah, thanks, oh, thank it's you. freezing but we're pleased to be here. It's Stanthorpe. <laughs> Ah, so would you like to give us a bit of an idea about what you've got happening here and how it came to be? Yeah, so this centre's basically three businesses in one. We began as Law Dogs Australia about 12 years ago and that was doing one-hour demonstration shows of canine law enforcement training for the public and that included things like protection, detection, sometimes obedience, uh, as well as agility from young pups and adult dogs heading out into the security industry. And as a result of doing those detection demonstrations, a local truffle grower walked in here and asked if we could train a truffle detection dog. Mm. And me being an ex-security guard didn't know what a truffle was, but I said, yes, we'll do that. And uh, he left. So you didn't, I, you didn't think it was chocolate at the time? No, well, I was hoping it was chocolate, but it turned out it wasn't. And uh, we decided, I googled what a truffle was. Mm. And basically, it's the same process as all detection training. Uh, we just needed a sauce odor, like French mm. black truffles, to mm. train the dogs on. But that sort of started our journey yeah that was about six years ago so we uh, began assessing dogs in pounds and rescues suitable for detection training and Mm. trained up our first dog and placed her on a local farm just west of here Mm. wow what sort of dog was she uh, she was a mixed breed, so nice. we often find just crossbreds dumped in pounds end mm. up being really good sniffers. Yeah, yeah. Right. and um, so what is it? How do how do you work out when you when you're looking at dogs, or how do you decide whether one might be a suitable candidate? Yeah, so we're generally looking for high drive dogs that have a good reward system, either for uh, toys or food. So mm. a lot of our rescues love their toy rewards. We mm-hmm. do have a Labrador; he loves his food yeah. rewards, not surprisingly. <laughs> mm. uh, and then yeah, basically we teach them to associate through games that if you can smell something like a truffle Mm. your favorite toy or food is going to appear yeah nice okay and you're continuing on with that work now as well as running the truffle discovery center aren't you you still do dog training yeah so behind the scenes we have got our own dogs that head out during winter when the truffles are in season and we Mm. visit local farms and help them search for their truffles as well as placing dogs around the region Yeah, so through that process uh, of placing dogs around the region, we began talking about it in the Law Dogs commentary and audiences were sort of saying, hey, where are the truffle farms? Mm, Uh, We want to go and visit. Um, 
However, there wasn't at the time anyone who was open to the public. It's actually pretty hard to invite visitors to your business. Uh, you have mm. to have development applications and wheelchair torts and things like yeah, that. Yeah. But we're but an is existing... it biosecurity too? Are you there worried is, about? There is now. Yeah. So the trees yeah. are fenced off and eventually ah. they'll have an electric fence to keep the pigs out ah. uh, who are naturally attracted oh, to them. So there's wild right. pigs around, of course. Plenty. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 Uh, so basically for us, though, we just put up signs and, and turned the signs around and said we're going to be the truffle centre. So we planted 40 of our own trees. We're only a small display triffier here. Yeah. We, yes, yeah. got to say it properly. Yeah. Uh, we don't want to compete with our commercial clients that we train sniffer dogs for. So we mm -hmm. sort of sit in the middle of, of everything where we can be a, a public access point. A promotional point too. Yeah. yeah, very much a promotional point it for is. the industry. So it's kind of a big add-on for the tourism industry here. Yeah. And then we head out in winter, we search for the truffles, we buy and sell truffles, and then we make yummy food condiments with them as well. Fantastic. Mm. Looking forward to tasting those so mm. much. <laughs> <laughs> but um, your trees now, they're, they're about five or six years old, you said now. Um, and they're a mixture of what sort of um, species? Yeah, so here on our property, we have English oaks and hazelnuts, which have been inoculated for the French black perigord winter truffle. Mm -hmm. Around the district, there are a lot of American oaks and French oaks, which are producing really well. The French oaks seem to have done well through the drought conditions as well that ah. we've had here. Uh, and there's now uh, a new client planting stone pines with both black and tame white truffle oh, inoculation. What is stone, stone That's pine? That's where you get uh, pine nuts from, stone oh, pines. Oh. So you can have two. Oh, my goodness. Mm. What a pesto that would be. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot of different things happening around the district and uh, different, different options people are going with. Sure. And did you get your trees pre-inoculated or did you have to do something like that yourself to get the... The fungus on the roots? Yeah, there's um, only about two places in Australia or at the time that could yeah. do that inoculation process. So we basically bought them as tube stock that were, yep. were inoculated, ready to go. A lot of soil prep had to happen though. So sure. we're actually sitting on an ex-apple orchard here yeah. and the pH of the soil was quite low. It was about a four and a half. Right. Those truffles need about a nine and a half. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So the big thing with truffles anywhere in Australia, if you're going to grow the European varieties that we see on cooking shows, yeah. is a lot of soil prep. So there's tons of lime and dolomite has been stirred down to about half a metre. Mm -hmm. And then basically once the trees go in, it's a five to ten year wait and the right climate. And you might get truffles yeah. in one in ten trees. Yeah, so yeah, it's, right. it's a hard yeah. process. Absolutely. Yeah, so some of the um, established places around here, their trees are now what just old enough. They're just starting to produce or have they been producing for a while? There's a mixture between newly planted to four years to 15 years. So mm. truffles have been around in this region since about 2011, 2012. Right. The problem was they were very secretive uh, <laughs> and they weren't telling anyone about it. Have you seen that that gorgeous documentary, The Truffle Hunt? No, but I've heard about it a lot. Oh, you have to watch <laughs> it. I know, it's, I know. It's streaming on something, I forget what, like yep. maybe Amazon or Netflix. Yeah, I watched it just recently and it is just the most beautiful documentary about these old truffle hunters in northern Italy or somewhere and... And the relationship with their dogs, which is just gorgeous. But it's also about the intrigue and um, tensions and 
stealing and black market and all sorts of funny things going on. But is it No, like there that? wouldn't be politics like that in a small industry, <laughs> would there? <laughs> so what sort um, of... <laughs> <laughs> Next question. Look, yeah, look, I think the big thing in this region, um, the secrecy stems from security issues. So people were very worried that both oh, the truffles would mm, be stolen, yeah. the trees might get stolen. Yeah. Mm, there is definitely some... Because of the high value just on one truffle, so that's... yeah. yeah. It is, and I think to do with a lot of the farm labour from overseas here, you don't always need a dog, especially in rainy years. You can sometimes tell from the brulaying of the ground yeah, roughly right. where truffles are going to be, and sometimes oh. they come through the surface. Oh, oh that's interesting. So, yeah, right. Yeah, and we actually had that example only three weeks ago. Um, some right. of the young staff here came out and mm. uh, on farm, and, and we actually saw one on the way back to the car. I said, there's a truffle, and we went and just picked oh, it straight out of the brilliant. ground. Yeah, about $300 oh, worth without a dog. Now, ah, you're, it's a good sign. It's a good sign for the grower, yeah. yeah. But you can imagine that security worry. Someone with yep. a torch could yeah, go through and steal absolutely. them all. Mm. Um, but again, because we were training attack dogs here and uh, we've got guns, we're not afraid to use either. So security's <laughs> not an issue. So not for we, you. we no. served as a really good place to become open to the public and keep them private. Yeah, so it'd be. Um Great to know a bit more about how the dogs work, Matt. Like, how do you know that they're approaching a truffle or how do you train them to not um, damage the truffle? <laughs> or do they? <laughs> Next. <laughs> so being an underground fungus, they mm. put out quite a strong odour in the soil and mm. that odour comes up uh, to the surface. The dogs are basically trained that when they smell that, they need to track towards it. And, mm. and we train on a scratch indication, uh, which then marks where we have to start digging by hand. But mm -hmm. the human handler or grower then normally goes down and smells the ground because mm. we kind of have a situation, if you've got 10,000 trees, the dogs only work for an hour or two a morning, and sometimes they're going to indicate on truffles that aren't quite right ah, or are just ripe. started putting out the pheromones. Yeah. yeah, and so the trick then is you have to get down on your hands and knees. The dog will find where it is, but it mm. can't tell you if it's ready to pick. Ah. You'll then smell the ground and decide, has it got a really good perfume? Is it ripe? Is it a bit underripe? will mark that row and tree and come back to it in a week mm. or if it's overripe and you've missed it it's possibly rotten and they'll take it out till the end of the season so mm. um, and that process is quite fascinating to watch because mm. at the end of this winter we had quite high wind and our dogs will actually track upwind and walk past three or four trees and then scratch the exact spot where the, the smell of the truffles coming oh, out wow. of the soil mm. so they are invaluable um, mm. we could find them ourselves but you'd be up and down off your hands and knees for hours mm. trying to find one mm. um, the power of the dog's nose is way better than humans mm. and they actually have a part of their brain that is uh, for processing smells 40 times greater than humans so they're not only smelling more with more sensitive noses they're actually thinking about what they're smelling mm. a lot more so they're very very fast at the job mm -hmm. Brilliant. but and um, the the truffle growers have trained themselves to well they have to train themselves to detect the smell uh, they do, yeah. So once you've gone through that process mm. and you've smelled a rotten one, you definitely never forget it. <laughs> right. Uh, and okay. again, once you've smelled a really ripe one, there is nothing mm. like it on the earth mm. um, and it is a magical smell. How do you describe it? Um, 
Honestly, as a lady's mm. perfume, to me it's mm. very aromatic and mm. lifted. So generally mm. truffles have a very musty, I'll call it dank kind of smell. Mm. But the really, really ripe ones in the middle of the season, it is an aromatic mm. perfume mm. that is like nothing. I can't, there's no, nothing on the planet like oh, it. But once yes. you've smelt it, right. you'll yeah. never forget it. Yeah. Next yeah. truffle season, Teresa. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I agree though. It's just mm. something, it's totally unique. It's magical. It, it, it's like it kind of lights up an area of your brain that nothing else does. Well, it does. So yeah. we've learned recently there's actually a feel-good chemical in it similar to THC, and that's why people react really differently ah. to truffles because some people love it, some people hate it. We yeah. have a pheromone ah. response, yeah. and some people are more receptive to some of those good vibes that come from it. So, yeah, right. yeah I'm, I'm hooked on the smell. Other people mm. hooked on the taste. Next, we got to see truffle dogs dizzy and Conan in action. So what we're gonna do is set up um, a number of objects for hiding stuff, and then we're gonna hide our training odor as it's out of truffle season at the moment. We'll show you guys two dogs very quickly. One does a sit indication, which is what we call a passive alert. The other one does an active alert or a scratch indication, just like he's finding truffles. One of the pots to stash that under where the dogs can't see it, but have to use their nose to seek it out. Okay. Gives visitors a chance to see uh, quite intimately up close what we see as handlers because quite often we have to read the dog's body language out on a truffle farm a couple of trees away from where a truffle might actually be and the reason for that is the odour comes up out of the ground and it moves around so in this environment it'll roll downhill and spread out what we call the cone of odour and it moves around on the breeze so if you watch the dog's body language when they come through this can be over in a second or they can go exploring for a minute and come back to it but it's very obvious when they are downhill, downwind of odour, and then they need to give us an indication that's pretty clear to tell us where to look. So Dizzy, our Labrador, will be up first. He has a sick indication. Uh, these are normally the sort of things we see for bomb detection dogs, where we don't want them touching something very offensive. Dizzy uh, will also uh, a scratch for trouble, so he does different indications for different odours, but that odour is trained to sit, and won't touch it. Toy reward, yeah. Toy Dizzy reward. being a Labrador, food motivated. <laughs> <laughs> Stupidly, I trained him on toys as a young puppy, and he wasn't doing very well in the training. We switched to food, and he became a truffle dog in minutes. <laughs> <laughs> the dog is smarter than the handler. <laughs> and folks, at only fourteen, please thank our young handler. <laughs> Do we have a, a truffle, a, a really clear truffle season in Australia or does Stanthorpe have its own truffle season and WA and Tassie have their own and then how does that work with um, marketing and European truffle seasons and so on? Yeah, well on a global scale that's a really good question because they're harvested in winter so the two hemispheres don't compete with each other so mm. during Australia's winter we export a lot of truffles overseas mm -hmm. and then during our summer a lot of truffles do get imported into Australia particularly for the food production so ah. it's actually getting harder and harder to get hold of a whole fresh truffle these days because oh. um, they are expensive, they've got to be transported quite cold 
and they've only got a one to two week shelf life before mm. they go mouldy. So that's kind of what's led into the food production side of things because that's a more economical way to utilise that flavour in the food all year round. Truffles have given us that opportunity to develop a profitable, scalable business where we're now exporting things like truffle aioli to many Asian countries and, wow. and have really developed a big business model out of it. Mm. But we still get to go and play with the dogs in the afternoon. When I started this business, I gave it two years because I thought as a food trend it was going to come and go. But the reality is that and thirst for knowledge, the education, the value adding, the food mm. production has given us a much longer term viable business. So it has become a really diverse journey, pivoting and, and growing. Yeah, so our motto here is local, regional, global. So we've got a range of products we do, uh, we make here. We also support artisans from other truffle growing areas such as Perth as well as down near oh, Sydney yeah, yeah, and yeah, the Blue right. Mountains. So we stock goodies from all around Australia as well as the world. There's some other goodies there from Italy. And then not everyone likes truffles that visits us. So our third business, which is yeah. our brand of Granite Belt Gourmet, is also non-truffle jams and chutneys. So it's the oh, sort of wow. thing, if you visit here, you'll find something There's you like. There's hundreds of products here. But yeah, what's... it's quite an extensive truffle range. Yeah. Beth, what's the um, most popular truffle products you find? Uh, it has to be the aioli. Oh, I really like the sound of that. Aioli, mm. the mustard and black oil. Black oil. Yeah. Right? So yeah, you can only get fresh truffles in winter. In winter. But at the moment we have frozen truffles that prolongs their life oh, 12 months. Oh, you can months. freeze them. Yes. And wow. uh, when people buy the truffle, we actually tell them to go home mm -hmm. and put the truffle in the fridge with a dozen fresh eggs in a sealed container. Oh, no, that aroma. I've always wanted to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The aroma permeates through the eggshell. You've got as many truffled scrambled eggs mm. as you care to oh, make. And then you can use the same truffle to grate over the top. Yes, that's but right. When they've been frozen, can you still grate them? Grate them. Oh, yes, okay. grate them from frozen. I <laughs> only. Fish and chips, wedges, burgers, jack of potatoes, potato salad, Caesar salad. Oh, I can't. Sorry. <laughs> oh, you can see the little. Is that little chunks of truffle? Truffle. The little black pieces are truffle pieces. Now this this particular product, I'll get you the stick. This one we actually export to Southeast Asia. Oh, that is delicious. Mm. So this one, truffle mustard. Mm. The Dijon mustard, the truffle takes nothing away from the mustard. So yes, you get that, you get the truffle right at the end. On a steak, leg ham, corned beef sandwich, sauces, dressings, humble hot dog. <laughs> it's our secret. <laughs> Yum. Oh, wow. What was that called again? That's salsa. Mm. And that wraps up our visit to the Trouble Discovery Centre in Stanthorpe. Do yourself a favour and go there. It's marvellous. And Matt, Bev, Manny and the crew will make you very welcome. Thanks for listening to the Sporopod and we'll hope you join us again next time for more fungus in your ears. Bye.